Episode 69 of the MetroFan TV Rundown. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how we got here, but we somehow made it. We are at the nicest episode in podcast history. Coming to you live off the backs of a 2-0 win at Toronto on the weekend and a very cathartic win against NYCFC at home on in midweek. Lens and Juan are here as usual, but we are joined by our third wheel. Fernando Gonzalez, how are you guys today? Doing good. It's good to be back. Been a long time. Doing uh, doing the Jamaican finger guns right now, Lens. In a great <laughs> mood. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all we're all pretty buzzing after this, and of course, uh, because in a typical fashion, because uh, when you come off a dunk like this, you obviously are going to want to have to, as many people on the episode to talk about it as possible, and that is why we are here. So, right, ladies and gentlemen, the forbidden door has opened. We are collaborating with the rest of the RBNY podcast sphere, starting, of course, for first-time guests off the Perch Pod, Christopher Cruz. How are you? What's going on, guys? Doing good, you know. Just surviving. We're also joined by the only non-wife guy on Off the Perch Pod, Patrick Haddad. How are you? <laughs> That's right. Buzzing from the game, buzzing from a couple of beers. Uh, doing really well right now. How's it going? Let's do a, let's do a beer check. Like, what are you drinking right now, Pat? It's. Uh, I just finished a Stella, and I'm working on a Peroni right now. Okay, uh, so we haven't busted out the Bud Light Lime yet, so I think I'll pick that up. <laughs> no, no. We are we are mixing though. That's dangerous. <laughs> Never dangerous with me. <laughs> uh, Stella Peroni, and he's gonna be like I think on a I don't know like what's the most rancid Polish beer that you guys can think of right after this? Rancid? Zivietz? No, Zivietz is 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 the standard. I like Wormja is pretty like some pretty like dank beer, some pretty dank Polish beer. I've never had. You like, had so many consonants in those last few words. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I think as you guys have uh, told by now, we are also joined by our first ever two-time, two-time, two-time guests from View from Two Hundred Two. That's a lot of twos, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, Alex Chang, Peach, how are you? Hello. I'm worried about the numerology that you just said into the world. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the twos that you just. <laughs> Cut out and then our association uh, via that. But um, I'm 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 sacrificing a lot to be on the show today. I, I just tested positive for COVID, so I'm spreading the plague through this digital channel of uh, Mandro Fan TV. Yeah, we're basically here to see whether or not COVID can pass through the Wi-Fi connection. I do have a five G in Singapore, so uh, well, this is um. This is mostly a clinical trial to see if the pop filters on the 202 microphones uh, can work like N95 masks and prevent uh, so What you're saying is, okay. is that if I walk out in public with a pop filter over my mouth, I should be okay, right? Like, Yes, and your plosives will not pop. All right, I'll, I'll see how that works on my flight to Bangkok in a couple months then. So, But also joining us on the podcast, another two-time, two-time, two-time guest from Viewed from 202, and that is none other than the person delivering the best RBNY journalism from a journalist called Ben, this site of Pat Benjamin. Cork, how are you? <laughs> wow, even even being compared to Pat is kind of, uh, you know, making me a little, little nervous, but... Uh, yeah, if, if, uh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, but if you're um, hearing some some chewing in the background of this for the first ten or so minutes, I'm just living up to the 
I don't know, stereotype of the week of the trash talk and just, you know, cramming pizza into my mouth. So, also, uh, you know, bringing okay. in the traditional to um, uh, fair of someone chewing in the background and you trying to guess who it is. Yeah, true. Yeah, it'll it'll happen like that. But uh, um, yeah, no, uh, let's, let's uh, relive the glory days, as they say. So, I mean, uh, we're doing crossover bits now as well. So I think like we're really like, well, we really got more crossovers here than like uh, the uh, courts in Fourth Street. I think we have it. a strongly worded letter to the president of FIFA to recognize the podcast Super League, uh, and that it was not, in fact, a sham. We'll be in. Uh, we'll be in touch with uh, Ms. our CEO, Mister Mindstan, after this. So uh, I'm sure he'll have a word or two about like. Uh, what we can do for future collaborations. There you uh, go. Anyway, gents, like we said, anytime, oh uh, like I think uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty of it. And I think we all know why we do it. <laughs> like usually we try to, we try to have this as a pretense of a really deep tactical, dearly uh, uh, deep tactical talk. But really, I think all we really want to do today is talk shit about our opposition. Because uh, I mean, when they come off a, <laughs> come up a couple of results like this, I mean, you has to feel pretty good, wouldn't it? Uh, the review, I mean, a pretty convincing 2-0 win against, uh, against Toronto, I think. And then, of course, a uh, fantastic 3-0 uh, win against NYC. And I think uh, particularly at the game against NYC, I mean, you could kind of feel like uh, there was a bit of a buzz going around the stadium again, right? I mean, it kind of felt very reminiscent of the glory days of 2018. The general vibes were immaculate. The... Uh, the crowds were in great spirit once again. You know, I mean, like, how, how are you guys... Let's, let's check in. Like, how are you guys feeling after this recent spate of results? Let's uh, go around the room. Uh, feels good. I mean, you know, there was, it's been an interesting season so far. Even, we're, what, about halfway through so far? Um, it's been some weird ups and downs. Uh, it's been interesting seeing the, the home and away form pretty much just, like, completely flip. Um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 been kind of weird, but uh, it, it's good seeing good seeing the team make make the uh, make Rebel Arena fortress again. It's good seeing them, you know, kind of just put games away the way they should be. Uh, I appreciate that this was a solid, firm like win. It wasn't one of those kind of like flailing, nail biting, kind of annoying one no you know one nil wins. It was a decisive win. I think that at this point of the season, that's uh, that's really important. Yeah, I think um, I think earlier parts of the season, uh, especially like the home losses, there there's a noticeable feeling of if we weren't able to capitalize on early chances in the first half, we just felt like we were not going to score for the rest of the game. Whereas going into these next two games, we go into the half. I think we go one nil against Toronto, but like we uh, we go into the half, no goals against City, and in the back of my hands, like the goals are going to come in this time, and so. Uh, I think I mentioned last time too. Like this is what it looks like finally when we have pretty much everyone available and we are in control and we can play a consistent formation. Like we we like we rocked the three four two one two games in a row. We didn't have to adjust on the fly trying to get back into the game. We played the game we wanted to play, and then we bin two teams in a row at home. What else? What else? Uh, I, I usually I go I usually I consult like FB ref and who score and sofa score for like the advanced metrics but uh, unfortunately none of those websites have numbers from the US Open Cup so I could really go on vibes from the city game uh, <laughs> if I could give you some basic numbers guys 
all the numbers that count. Three goals to nothing. We outshot them five shots to three. We outfouled them 23 to 16. And you guys want to know how much possession we had in this game? Go. 34 percent. 34. Yes. Hashtag efficient. That's like a, yeah, that's Every- like about a third. Anyway, I think I cut someone off there. Uh, Does anybody want to get something? No, I was just going to say that that every time they showed the possession on the screen and it was like in the 30s, it's just like, yes. Like, it's like when it's like, that's the number you want to see. You always want to see in the 30s. I'm just like, let's keep it, keep it there. We're not low enough. Not too many digits. <laughs> I, I still think we're still getting outdone by Sean Dykes Burnley, right? We got to hit the twenties at some point, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're waking up when we're at nine percent. Yeah. Yeah. that's what I call a proper smash and grab. A eh? four four two low block. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Red Bulls will be playing four four fucking two. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. You guys should go see it, but. Um, instrumental to all of this, I think we can all see the arrival of a certain Brazilian from uh, Legia Forza. Uh, That's right. Luquinhas, the main man, center of everything. And I think we've been no short of, uh, you know, we haven't been short of effusive of praise of him ever since Sealy came over to America. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, most success in the attacking third, like this year. You have to figure that he's like an instrumental through all of it. So I mean, like, uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I do think it's noteworthy that there's a lot of uh, buzz coming his way now. There's a lot of uh, potential talk about MLS newcomer of the year, for example. If uh, those awards meant anything, quite frankly, uh, your mileage may vary on that one. Uh, but of course, I mean, I can't deny that I think a, a presence like that, right, just kind of changes the complexion of the attack completely. Um, I don't know, like, uh, how high is the ceiling, I guess, for us with our, t- with, uh, our new talisman? Like, what's the vibes there, you guys have been? I, I'm, I, I don't know, man. I, I f- it might be a bold statement, but <clears throat> I, I think just because of his age, it doesn't come off, he doesn't come off as someone with, with uh, I mean, he also came from Europe, so I, I don't think this is someone that has their sights to go back to Europe. I think this is someone who we can definitely – you know, kind of anchor for like a long-term, you know, kind of player. If that ends up being the case, I legit think he has a very, very, very real chance of being like a top three all-time player for this team. I really do. I, I, I really don't. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say this might be a bit of an understatement, but uh, Lucinius might be the greatest player to have ever stepped on U.S. soil um, ever. <laughs> but, okay. you know, I'm... Well, honestly, though, like he, no one has ever been this immediately impactful for this club in the way that he has, right? And the 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 way that he's done it is just kind of like I don't know. He's just so he has such a, a well of gravity when he plays that, um, it, like e- even if there are people blocking him, you just that creates uh, uh, so many runs for. Um, other players to get through you know if we play with this kind of fluid front three forward um kind of transitional attack you know i think that really suits him well too because you know i've mentioned this on 202 but like he's really got got that off timing that uh sets people um 
kind of kind of wrong. They they just don't really know how to deal with it because you can't really prep for it, right? Um, and and that's so important that he's like our off tempo player. Um, I I think his ability to break out of pressure is probably the best I've ever seen in MLS, and that really is one of one of the things that's made him so lethal. Is I mean, you, we've seen it countless times where they'll they'll put two, sometimes even three guys on him, and he. The ease in which he's able to just break, not just break through it, but find that pass to keep the momentum and keep that transition going forward. It's it's honestly it's second to none. That's that's been a, a big thing because at least what I've seen, I feel like the team's uh, aggression in transition and how clean they've been in transition. Those first initial those first initial moments uh, when he regained possession has been crucial. Uh, we, we saw a lot, you know, throughout the course of the season where, you know, sometimes they get a little sloppy, they might win possession, but they quickly lose it. You know, they'll, they'll quickly lose it. That's, that's gotten significantly better. Um, and I think that plays a big part. I mean, and we, we've seen countless times where he's, where he's broken through, uh, like, like serious pressure again, two, three guys on him. He gets through it and he just finds that quick outlet. He finds that quick pass and, and they're able to, you know, just kind of keep pushing. His numbers are insane. I mean, you have to open cup. He's got what two two goals, three assists. He's pretty much had a goal or assist in every single game except for th- except for four since uh, the beginning of April. Wow, that's yeah. that's an unbelievable run. I mean, April, yeah, a- April, April 9th, He's had a goal or an assist with the exception of, of four games. That's that's unbelievable. That's that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the deal, right? I mean, I think other playmakers in the past have mostly been like they're racking up the uh, in the assist category for the most part. But I mean, for somebody to contribute a little bit of goal scoring edge on top of that, right? I mean, can't be understated enough about how I think it's been touched upon, but how much fluidity that adds to the attack, right? Someone who can peel centrally, but also peel out wide, pulling defenders to him with his uh, with how sticky the ball is at his feet, right? And then having the inside yeah. to play people in behind. I mean. Would you dare say that this is one of the most complete playmakers we've had on the team? I think we'd probably be there by the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> I would. I, I think would, so. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I, I think. It's, I think we've mentioned it on all of our podcasts in, in a similar ways. But I think one of the things noticeable about Lukinas, especially in the first few games, that we were noticing that. He doesn't exactly. We think about how a Red Bull team is supposed to play, and he doesn't exactly fit into that mold but the way he sticks out out of this squad and how we want to play is actually to the benefit uh it's he offers something different he offers a different dimension of how we want to play uh forgive me for for doing this kind of analogy but like one of the things about uh Johan Cruyff's Barcelona. Boo! Boo! All right, all right, all right. Yes, but he had his like he had the system he wanted to play, right? He had the the total football, blah blah blah, wang shit, right? But at a certain point, he was like, okay, uh, the system is going to win it, win us like eighty percent of the time. But that extra twenty percent, we need something unpredictable. So he's like, oh, let me get Risto Stoichkov, who I can just like give him the ball and he'll like dribble past six guys and hit a top bins. Like that's that's that kind of player for Lukinius. <laughs> that Lukinius is to me. So basically, yeah, what I'm I was about to give you stick for, uh, or I was gonna be like, "Don't worry, you you can use an analogy." I have another one right right after to follow up, but I didn't realize it was gonna be about Barcelona. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, to, to to that point, my analogy is you know like I think Lucinus makes 
um, like his impact, like he didn't have these numbers in Poland, right? You know, I, I think his impact is like a synergistic sense in which, like, and, and if, if you've ever played Super Auto Pets, this is a game that I play a lot, but uh, <laughs> you, you'll know that you don't really win all 10 rounds in arena mode if you go like all in on a specific kind of build. Like, if you're doing a spawn build, like, it won't get you all the way there. But if you have like one outlier on your team, it, it, to, to, to like mess with that synergy, it'll, it'll probably get you more wins than like going all in. So, yeah, like, we, we needed that like one. Um, and, you know, like, people might call it, like, difference maker, X factor, but, like, it, it is that kind of, like, intangible, like, yeah. oh, uh, like, something off that that will um, set us up in an unconventional way. If you want to talk about, like, a specific skill set, we don't have a guy who can dribble like he does. No. Like, in such a no. direct... He, like, he's such an exciting player when he gets on the ball, and it's not, it's not even, like very efficient with his dribbles not even like wank shit that other teams fans would like go ape shit over well like uh, i i said on view from 202 in the last at one point in the last couple episodes about how he can basically uh force the run of play back in the team's direction uh <laughs> whether whether it's against the ball or on the ball and that's such a huge thing for this this club knowing its history, knowing all the, you know, ghosts of the past and all that kind of stuff. Uh, having a guy who, when a game is maybe going kind of flat tactically and not going your way, the, you know, the game plan that you set out to play and you're not getting the chances and the transitions and all the moments that you want, a guy like him who can just get on the ball and like kind of like you said, Juan, about Stoikov, just run past, you know, two or three guys and just force danger and keep the other team honest it's it's you know a unique you know x factor to have and he is putting it on display week after week now so and yeah. on top of i'm oh, sorry uh, no, saying, and on top of that with with that with him lured defenders in and then getting out and getting past them and then maybe delivering that pass to to someone ahead and and then, unfortunately, like that per person, like maybe getting the, the shot blocked or, or, or missing or getting a rebound, something like that. He has a tendency to just be in the right place for like for like some of the, the crazier goals that he's had in the past few weeks. Like like it, the volley, the, there was the chip against Toronto. Then there was the one um, the week before that. It's he just has that that he just has an insane like brain to like know where to be for like those those second chance balls, essentially to to like have another chance at a goal. He, um, uh, and in the, he tries shit. Yeah, exactly. He just tries. And, and honestly, uh, uh, and fortunately for us, the, in, it works and it's great. Yeah. And I, and I think that, I think a lot of the players are, are, are starting to show that they have a lot of confidence in him and his ability to kind of do these things. And, and I think that plays a big part of why the transition has been uh, so effective lately, because we've seen it a million different times. You, you take, who I think most people would agree was, you know, previously one of the most creative players we had, the Okaku in 2018. I mean, there were also some clear moments where I want to say he wasn't easy to, to kind of stifle him, but there were definitely moments where you could see when, you know, the teams would put, you know, a couple of guys on him. You see other guys have to drop back to just, you know, provide a quicker, closer uh, uh, outlet. Mm -hmm. Whereas what, now you don't see it as much because again, I feel like you, you they have the, the confidence in him when, He's in those moments. He could not just absorb the pressure, but he could break out of it, and that I feel like enables 
you know, the other attacking players to kind of just focus on making their runs, finding the space, especially if they're getting two, three guys drawn, uh, drawn towards them. That just creates so much more, um, so much more space. So I feel like little by little, you're seeing them have more and more confidence in his ability to do it. And it's just giving them the confidence to not have to panic themselves and not have to drop back and kind of slow the game down to just keep going forward. He'll figure out a way to break through. And if he doesn't, we still have, you know, there's still other guys on the defensive side who are there to, you know, to, to regain possession and kind of just, you know, kick, kick the whole cycle off all, uh, all over again. Yeah. And this confidence, um, like, like you're saying the way that it affects the rest of the team is palpable, I think, because you see guys like Amaya and guys like CCJ start to beat their man um, yeah. a lot yeah. more often in general, right? Um, Amaya did a move the last game where it was just like, when, where, where'd you learn that? What, what do you... It's like, yo, you, you got <laughs> destroyed by that in training once, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he learned spin move like a Pokemon. <laughs> right, exactly. He leveled up. He's going to evolve into uh, Davido Amaya. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most impressive thing too is like he just looks so effortless when he does these things. It's just he's just always got this. Like you have Tom Edwards with the be- like the most incredible shit eating grin throughout the entire game, and then he's like the opposite where he's just got a very straight face, just kind of going about his business. Doesn't look frazzled. Never looks phased. He just does what he has to do. He just he exudes this this confidence. Like yeah, no, that's no big deal. I don't know if that's a combination of just you know, straight talent or, or, or just that, you know, that, that high level, uh, European experience he has, but there's something that, that, that it's a different type of confidence that I think we've seen in a long time. I, I, I'll, I'll even go as far as I, I don't think we've seen a player with that type of like calm confidence on these seasons, Brad. Yeah. But I think a lot of that, um, has to do with how he's set up tactically to be free to do these things, right? Like he's obviously playing yeah. with, this level of freedom and, and kind of direction, obviously, too. But, um, you know, like, he is put in a situation to succeed. Um, and I think that because he might be kind of maybe this this newer injection to the team that hasn't been, like... And we've talked about this on 202, too, that, like, we, we do have this history that, that lives with us of kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, this kind of ennui over, over like the failings of this club, but he's, he's like a new dude came in. He, he's just like plugged in, playing confident. And, um, yeah, that kind of like mental boost is something that we need for the whole team. Um, but I, I just think more, more importantly, it's just like, it, 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 it kind of reset us, um, in, 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 in a very important way mentally um, because, you know, we, we have been a historically mentally frail team in, in the recent history. Well, mm. I, I think to add to that, I, I feel pretty confident in saying it at this point, but, like, there is not a single ounce of old head TSM bullshit in, on, on this team at all. Like, there's... I, I, I feel like they've definitely, sh- like, just, like, shredded whatever... Whatever nasty shit was left from that, like there's, I feel like for for a while now there was always like this this lingering look on the player's face where they're like, ah oh, shit, it's gonna happen, you know? It's like that nasty garbage mentality somehow found itself into into the heads of of some of these players. That I don't see that at all. I mean, e- even when you know things may not be going so well in the game, 
there's there's never I can't think of a single point this season where they looked like defeated, like they had the presence of defeated. You know, obviously there's a different you know when when they're losing a game they're pissed, but I think we all can agree like there's a difference between just like fuck we just lost and ah oh, here we go again. You know, like that just that like, defeatist look on on so many of the players' faces in the past when things get tough. That I don't I feel like I don't see that at all with oh. any of these guys whatsoever. And I think that is a huge, huge intangible with this team so far this season. Right. Yeah, I think it's there's there's that and there's 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 the the longer time frame kind of TSM um, sort of uh, you know lingering attitude about the club, and then there's also that the the Shield team that you know hard to believe was four or five years ago now uh, had obviously gotten stale in 2019 2020 and needed to be turned over really hard. And it was a little bit of shock therapy as we went through kind of last year. But um, now we have a team of younger players pretty much across the board who are all the same age, same vibe. Um, I just think there was a lot of effort put into bringing the right types of people as well as players into the club over the last couple of years. And it's bearing fruit now. Yeah. All those uh, people who are clamoring for the signing of Lukaku can shut up now. <laughs> well, I think uh, the the interesting part of the dichotomy for me is uh, to see someone like that have a bit more of a free role, right? They can attack, and that's something that you don't generally see too much. I think in uh, the modern game nowadays, as much because I think uh, there's a lot of emphasis, especially in a system like ours, on uh, more you know strict positional play, right? I think you'd definitely say that there are more sophisticated systems and it requires a lot of very uh you know it requires a lot of very rigid discipline positional play but the interesting thing is that like Lukinias has kind of had this free role in attack without really compromising us i think on the defensive end because i still think his defensive pressures for game right i think it's still very much in line with what you'd expect from someone in that role right the way he triggers the press the way he triggers turnovers with this constant pressure and how in spite of all that he still finds himself in a way where he can like we said right we transition in attack right have that spontaneity to create something in attack you know and i think that's what mm -hmm. kind of separates that's what's that's the interesting thing here right someone who has that creative freedom someone who has that um ability to kind of you know play freely, but yet without not really compromising, while still all, all, all also being positionally disciplined on the defensive side of things. You know, I think that's sort of something that um, sets them apart, I think, from the rest of our players uh, so far. Uh, I think on the, that note, though, I think uh, we... So something that did come up, I think, uh, earlier, right, is had the knock-on effect that has in the midfield as well, right? And I think uh, yet another game where we've seen over the last couple where Frankie Meyer. Right. Seems to have taken yet another, uh, yeah, I mean, basically maturing as a player as a result of that. Um, I do think that um, he has been the other player on this podcast that has had no shortage of uh, effusive praise, I would say. And I think it's going to be quite um, important, especially uh, now that we have the injury to Drew Yearwood to uh, account for. Right. And I think um, the other question that I think we would have is, the implications that this would have for the uh, midfield access. I think uh, so far we seem to be holding fine with the Christian Caceres and uh, Frankie Amaya. But, um, you know, as the season goes on, 
uh, and I think uh, as we expect, uh, you know, more fixtures, fixture congestion, fatigue setting in, more squad rotation to happen, especially now that we continued on in the U.S. Open Cup, right? That um, addressing that depth would kind of be important. We still do have players that haven't seen their season bows yet, in Wickelman, Carmona, and uh, I think Caden Clark still has been, has, still hasn't really found his way back in the team of in substitute appearances. So I think um, my question would be is that I think we know that we have a pretty good um, top, I think maybe two or three in midfield. Right, but do we see this potentially as something that we'd have to address in the summer window? Right, I don't know. Perhaps in trying to beef up some parts of the uh, depth of the squad. I don't know. Let's uh, let's open it up, maybe. Well, I mean, didn't Schubert recently say that there's like one or two players uh, kind of pending right now that they're working on? I yes. I want- I'm, I, I, I am curious, I guess, what positions I would, those would be. I mean, Fletcher, I, I would assume at this point, is, is gone. So, I mean, is it going to be an, maybe one striker and a left back? I mean, if there's one or two players, those are those are probably the only two things I can honestly think of, at least as far as any, even even just covering any, any like, recent chatter. You know, we again, we know Fletcher, he's got to be gone at this point. I, I Maybe they just, that's it. You know, they just roll with... Uh, with uh, with Barlow and uh, and Klamala, but uh, doubt it. And then I know there's been some rumors of a left back. So, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I, I have no idea what what to expect in this window. I think we're good in terms of midfield. I think with with obviously Amaya becoming like essentially leading the way for like most improved player uh, for the team. Uh, Yearwood performing well. Caseras having. His good performances, along with his sometimes mediocre ones, um, and then you have like Edelman waiting in the wings. You have Caden uh, kind of waiting in the wings, um, at, and then I don't know. I feel like midfield we're good. I, I still I, think uh, we need. We're, you're, you were all evading a very important midfielder who played the last game. Steven Sirwata, and he ruled. Oh, yeah, oh, thank yeah. you. That was very good. Good shot. Good shot. He's behind Daniel Edelman in the depth chart. So it's like, I think, yeah, to, to your point, I think we're set on midfield right now. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. fill it out. Absolutely, yeah. So I think, I'm, yeah, with Fletcher, uh, I think with Fletcher not probably on his way out, I think maybe we should see if we can find a striker. And again, that, that Fabio rumor from a few weeks ago, at, like, I'm, I'm not super opposed to it but like i don't think that's the direction we should go i'd rather have a get like a try something new as opposed to going back to something that we've seen before um and then yeah obviously and then a left back i think is obviously a, a need for us i do think it's also worth pointing out that we do have tom edwards and potentially john tolkien that could potentially slot in there as well right i think uh, some tolkien at cdm uh there's a recent game I can forget where I think he spotted in at cdm for a bit and actually it didn't look too bad i don't know was it a, what was it the open cup game no. I think it was. Was it yeah. Charlotte? The women's going to Charlotte? Charlotte? It was around that time. I think it was around that time. Okay. That we yeah. played Tolkien at midfield. midfield I, yeah. uh, it was definitely we did we definitely did that last season. Yeah, there was a point I remember thinking in this game where I was like, oh, you know, Tolkien is just kind of playing as a holding midfielder despite like roughing back um, in, in this team anyway. Um, but, you know, like, we, we talked about this on 202 on Monday's episode, but, um, or I guess it came out on Tuesday. Um, but looking at our roster, there is no reason to play John Tolkien that's on your bitch with anymore. As a, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, as an emergency option, right, if yeah. it really comes yeah. to it. I think. 
but we, it is kind of nice to know that we do have two break-in-case-of-emergency type players that could slot in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, and I would I say think, that like left-back is definitely the big need. Um, it's good that we're already linked with, with a dude. Um, uh, Con Conrado. Yeah, we have yeah, that, yeah, that mind. disgusting name, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't mind um, another right back either, because you know, like Dylan Niels is getting better. Um, Cameron Harper is very promising, but you know, it, it would be nice to have kind of like an experienced guy too. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, Nielus, I think he's been okay, but if there, if I had to pick a position that that worries me against the better teams or that would worry me and like a knockout type of, you know, like playoff type of thing. I mean, he's been, he's been fine. We've had knockout games, but toward the end of this, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, he's, he's been, he's been okay. I, I can think, see it, but I just ha like, it hasn't come to fruition yet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He, I feel like he hasn't had like a huge, like a, like a, like a breakout game, like a specific game where he's like, wow, okay, yeah, I can definitely see it. He's yeah. been like, he's been reliably like, okay, which I guess right. isn't bad. I mean, it could be, it could be a lot worse. But like, yeah, I mean, like our, what, our what big you... needs are obviously forward and, and fullback, I think. Our center backs, you know, Reyes and Monson are coming back from injury, you know, hopefully soon. Um, so it, it's like, our, our squad is like pretty yoked up, uh, except for left back and forward, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I get my question. I guess is like, what what are we expecting to like when you say like a real breakout game for Dylan Nealis? Like, what exactly are we well, looking? To be for? frank, he's not really um, lit it up offensively, kind of the way I think I expected him to. Um, but in what way? And like, he doesn't really deliver um, kind of the crosses he needs to from out wide, or like he kind of misses a lot of. Um, the, these cutback passes or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe breakout game yeah. isn't isn't quite the way I'd phrase it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would I would say a game in which when he's going up against um, any any sort of wide player that that likes to take guys on one on one, which certainly was the case on on Wednesday, um, and doesn't look shaky every time he's put in a one-on-one -on -one situation because we, we we did have a lot of trouble in in zones like that um and i would i i would i would say yeah again i i don't quite know what that would look like but putting yeah, someone in his like, pocket he hasn't put someone in his pocket yet yeah Okay. Which is and, a very hard thing to do. To be yeah, fair. I think I know what you mean too. But, but part, in, in I mean, part of the reason that red card was so influential is because um, the the Merc player who was sent off was sort of terrorizing <laughs> us down that side of the field for yeah, you know, the, particularly the first half hour of that game uh, as he was about to get subbed off. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think to that point that um, like what uh, he he doesn't really kind of like. When there is a breakout, he doesn't like let the team regroup. He kind of gets beat um, instead of like maybe taking the safer route. That might be his instructions, but you know, um, you you shouting from two hundred two at all the players to just do the basics right is also as entertaining as watching good soccer too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to pass point, it's hard for, I guess, like a position like that to have like a, a breakout game. I mean, you know, he, he's not a mirror, so he's not going to be someone getting, you know, assists and stuff like that. So 
it, I, for me, it's more on the opposite side of, of kind of, yeah, just put having someone in his pocket. Just there's, there's yet to be a game where he's been consistently challenged by a really high level attack and wide player. And it's like, you just have confidence that he just, he just owns him the whole game. You know, he, he's, he puts it, he puts a stop to it every single time. It's been, I want to say the opposite because he's been pretty solid, but every time there have been, you know, these one-on-one moments or moments where it's like, dude, th- this is on you right now. Uh, there's some, yeah, there's some, there's some bunk, cl- yeah, some butt clenching. And, and I guess that's more what it is. Just a game where he is just more than just solid. He's like, wow, like, dude, you're frustrating the hell out of this guy. Nothing's getting by you. You're just, you're, you're locking it down. Like that kind of game. Yeah. Would you say, but I think when you say that, Part of the reason for that is that the way it's a tactical. Well, I think the, the reason you play three center back. One of the benefits of playing three center backs is that it allows your wing backs to get high up the field. That if the that if uh, if the opposition gets by them, the outside center back covers that space for them. Because if you look at the passing maps, sometimes Dylan Nealis is practically playing as like a right midfielder, and then like uh, Tom Edwards is base is effectively playing as a right back. Because all the things you said about. Uh, Neil is of guys getting back, uh, getting past Neil and Neil. That same stuff happens to John Tolkien. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess for me, it's more like just kind of observing like specific moments. It's it's like there's there's moments where I feel like he could just be a little a little sharper in her head and and kind of read moments a little bit better and kind of read things a little bit better. Where so in other words, I feel like there's for the how the team plays and how our our, our wing backs and fullbacks play it's inevitable i mean that's that's kind of part of the job description right like you know you got to you got to deal with that kind of stuff so i i get it but part of what makes players in that that type of role elite or really really well for how this team plays are the guys who can really think ahead and really read the game well and they're able to minimize those moments as much as possible and I mean, Token, of course, he gets beat. That happens throughout the game. But I feel like I I trust his vision and I trust his ability to read the game, where he's able to minimize that a lot more. Whereas Nealis, there's with, with Nealis, there's times where like, how did you not see that about to happen? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's just some of that. I think maybe just comes with experience or something. But there's just there's that 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 vision of, of kind of just reading the game well that I think he's lacking. And sometimes that creates more sketchy moments than I think there needs to be. I will briefly go out um, and, and, and potentially contradict myself um, a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, I said last night when we recorded off the perch that like one of the things that has bothered me and, and, and left us particularly vulnerable on Wednesday was there would be these situations where uh, any select player on the back line, and actually it was Aaron Long more than more than we're accustomed to, would would sort of misread these passes and Sean Yellis would also be yeah. trying to cut them out and would leave us a little bit open. Um, and one of the things that I guess Dylan Nealis has been criticized for is a sort of lack of aggressiveness. Um, and a willingness to kind of sit back and contain and allow players to receive the ball. Um, and, I mean, potentially that's not the worst thing to have a guy like that on the back line, especially if the, if the other players um, and, 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 and the team in general is coached to be extra aggressive in trying to cut out these passes in order to create transition moments. Um, so actually, 
there there is a quality in his potentially his flaws that I I, I think is kind of useful. Yeah, that that that's true, and and I but I I guess part of me kind of goes back to that's that's I guess on his end just a bit, little bit of lack of confidence in his ability to yeah. take that risk. Like you're able to take that risk because you're able to kind of read things and see things. There was actually a moment in the last game where I just I was almost like shocked at 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 what he did. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I actually remember. I think it was maybe actually been Ben who said, "Oh yeah, no, I just noticed that Struber kind of looked at him like." Like Shredder Souls, like what the fuck? Like there was a there was a specific moment where even Shredder was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Oh, so I, think I, I don't know. I think I think part of it is you know, look, he's 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 a solid player. We could obviously do a lot worse. If at the absolute worst, this is just you know, kind of just putting a lot on his plate and forcing him to kind of just learn this stuff, and then he's able to make a leap next year. That's fine. You know, he again, he could be a lot worse, and I, I can't really complain that he's been bad. Just you know, I just hope if there again, just if there's if there's a position that that slightly concerns me out of all the other spots, it's that one. Especially if God forbid something happens and you know happens to him or he gets hurt or something, that's probably like the most shaky, questionable spot. I think. Well, I mean, yeah, I the one thing I want to say to that, however, that like this is a guy that's basically in effectively his first full season as like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. He's in the Amaya spot from last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the, the yeah. thing I wanted to say about that is that it's very, I think, noticeable that he's coachable. Um, and that, you know, like, we've obviously seen progression game to game, but even in the last game, like, half to half, there's a, an incremental difference. And I think how he, he... I mean, obviously, the red card happened, but even before that was the case, he uh, marked his man, obviously, a lot better the second half. Yeah, and I mean, like, as we've seen, uh, even based on some players when you compare them how they were last year compared to this year, right? I mean, I think uh, you can see that this is a team and this is an environment where players will be put into a position where they can succeed if they grasp the tactics, basically, right? I mean, I think uh, there's more of a conducive um, player development environment, I would probably say, once again. And, uh, you know, just based on the strides that some players have made year on year, you know, I mean, just the very fact that he's already showing, like, certain improvements in some parts of his game even now right i mean has to kind of vote a bit well once again i think the, the last gap that me and juan have always been kind of talking about in this podcast is kind of like having that confidence and going forward and seizing that space when mm-hmm. it's presented yeah. to him right and those are kind of instincts that, ha- that kind of happen when you get a bit more reps under your belt you kind of know what you're a bit more capable of and you know how to make i mean just better mental decisions based on the game state right that's something that generally comes with experience you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Sean Neal, uh, Sean Nealis was, you know, a little rocky initially, and he's been really, really good. I think, I think most people would agree he's been a really, really good center back for us. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I probably, I'm probably coming off a lot more negative on on uh, on Dylan Nealis than I intend to, but um, yeah, I mean, for for his first actual, you know, real professional season, uh, he's 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 done solid. He's, he's definitely done. He's definitely done as well as I think we could expect someone, uh, you know, kind of thrown in, into that position. Also, I think it's worth mentioning really that what Struber back. said uh, last season, uh, when I think Sean Nealis had a particularly bad game, and he says, "Well, these are the tactics I want the guys to play. They can have mistakes." Yeah, I mean, it's also just kind of worth pointing out that we didn't really give that much up for him anyway, right? I mean, like, what is yeah, right. 125k in like general allocation money? Like, that's 
nothing basically in this league. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do want to circle back to something, uh, and it is the fact that uh, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I think uh, we we can all agree that probably one of the funniest parts of the last game was uh, the headbutt or lack thereof. <laughs> Dude, I I rewatched the game last night, and it's just like the clip. It's just. He does it right in front of the referee. It's the most egregious headbutt I've ever seen in my life. No, 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 no. That's the best part, though. The best it's, part is yeah. he didn't actually hit him. It was an attempt at a headbutt. Right. Which makes it so much worse and so much funnier. Like, right. if, you get, if you're, dude, if you are about to get subbed out and you try to headbutt someone six inches away from a ref, like, right in his, like, deadlocked vision, dude, land it, man. Like, at least go for it. Seriously. Like, just do something. That is just so pathetic. He missed by, like, a mile. It was, un- it was unbelievable. He, he used all of his neck, too. <laughs> so it's not like he didn't try. Right? Yeah, it, it was a proper headbutt. It wasn't It wasn't one of these ones where two players are face-to-face and one kind of leans in a little bit too much yeah, and gets yeah. off. Right? No, no, this guy, yeah, he used his core to get his yeah, head out there. He did, he did, and, 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 and missed like Scott Norwood. It was crazy. <laughs> right, it was amazing. It was like me going for a header. Right, yeah. I mean, like, he gave the guy a hickey, basically. Right, I think oh, they need to hire... Much like the rest of the... Much like rest of City's performance in this game, it's just, like, not good enough. I like <laughs> how, at, like, Tolkien immediately just looked at the refs. Like, you saw that, and the ref was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, and pulled out the red card. <laughs> like, dude, come on. Like, and then what the, the fuck were you doing? And the rest of City had the audacity to like get in the rest face about it. It's like what they were what in his mean? face from like the second minute, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is Tati Castellanos being protected so much? What does he have um, on like PRO? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I-, I can't wait until he fucks off to like some Belge club, so we don't ever like have to like hear from him ever again. And then he's gonna follow Ronnie to to Standard Liège. <laughs> and then he's going to go to like Al Rayan in like five years, and we're like, oh, exactly. I remember that guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, man. I mean, like, okay, I guess I'll throw this out here. I don't know, phrase it this way. Like, is there a bigger, like, is there a club with more fucked vibes, like top to bottom, than NYCFC? No. No. <laughs> no. Did you all see Keaton Parker tweet after the game? Yes. Yeah, and then him deleting it. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, like. Is City more fucked than MK Dons? Maybe. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah easily. Yeah. 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 are just like I mean, shitty. The, the only clubs that can hold the candle to City are like Rangers and Juventus. Oh, but yeah. Those are much more historical reasons. Uh, I'm gonna put. What, no you, what do you mean there. historical? Rangers were only founded in 2012, right? right. That's hey, yes. no. I, I meant I meant the you know, the one that was founded. The defunct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Century. Yeah. The defunct. Yeah. Yeah. The one that folded. <laughs> The New York Rangers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, top to bottom, I don't think there's ever been a bigger collection of, like, babies, whiners, dipshits, I think, uh, in this league, I dare say. Like, uh, this is... It's oh, part of club culture there. Like, yeah, this is yeah, not there's... just one administration. This is what four coaches where all the players have been the, the most thorough bitches to ever play in MLS. <laughs> this, is, this is City like, DNA. Right, this is not, yeah. like, it's just the players. It's not the coaching. It's the scouting. They scout the bitchiest players they can find. Their academy, like, trains the bitchiness into all of them. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is they, 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 
this is like a category for them, like an ancestry.com. Like if, if you run a DNA test on all of them, like it would pop up like their cousins from just act like a bunch of fucking idiots. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It was, it was, it was what, two, three minutes into the game and they were crowding the ref yelling at him. Oh, one foul. Was, but the word, it was a foul in their favor. Like what the fuck were they even yelling about? Like it's just, yeah. it's just in their blood to just fucking bitch and moan at every single like possible moment. It's unbelievable. I've they, never seen they wrote the code of Hammurabi to quell the complaints of the ancestors <laughs> of city football group. <laughs> it extends to the fan base as well, right? I mean, like uh, just the absolutely primal behavior we see in the stands. <laughs> What is going on? It's not you just won the MLS Cup. Why are you like this? Because yeah. <laughs> no one cares about it. That's why. Yeah, that's I, why I, do, they, I do think I get the sense of like when I mean city DNA it comes from like Manchester City too, where it's like you win a trophy and no one respects you enough for it, and so you just lash out about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! City football group, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta say, city right? football group. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh my god. I mean, okay, like, have any of you ever felt, like, good taking the train up to Yankee Stadium? Like, I've never. Like, the train no. up and the train down has always been the favorite part of that way trip for me. Like, no. When when, when we got attacked uh, when we came out of that, that, that train station, that was, that was, uh, what, 2016? I think it was. That yeah, was a lot. Yeah, I, I, I checked out. I mean, honestly, even going to, even going to Derby games in general, um, I just go by myself now because uh, the last time I went with Amanda, uh, like some something almost went down too. It's like now nah, this is, it's, it's just too much. Like just just stop. I, yeah, I Monica's been the same way. She hasn't gone since sixteen. To I'm, just gonna, games at least. I'm just gonna say this for this group here, but regarding NYCFC, Pat's tweet was I think, the best. <laughs> Wait, which one? The 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 one about it's, up, it's um, about their fans. <laughs> okay, so I, I I said. I said something along the lines of there's visible commotion in the away section. Um, all I can imagine is that Tommy NYC firm is getting beaten up by a bunch of neo-Nazis. <laughs> Honestly, you weren't, you weren't that far off the mark. Probably not that far off. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, in, in a very vain way, I was hoping that he would find it. Um, right. And get really pissed off. Um, but it, it How dare happen. you make jokes about that? Yeah, I, right. I, I thought you were referencing the, uh, the 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 tweet how you were going to crack an egg on Doyle's head and <laughs> eat it. Okay, <laughs> no, that, that was a, that was another banger. I did you, yeah, did you not get suspended for that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I was not expecting that tweet at all. That was like such a like specific. The best part of that tweet for me was specifically how he said he was going to puke out the omelet he made. I'm, I'm gonna crack your, I'm gonna crack your egg head open and then make an omelet and then eat it and throw it up. The imagery, the imagery I mean, is beautiful. I mean, that was the Lucinius volley of tweets right there, right? Just an yeah. absolute. Oh, I just guy. like, I, it's it's. I just couldn't help but like play it in my head in his just very calm and just very honest and straightforward voice too. It wasn't like I didn't hear that a, like a loud, angry Fernando yeah. voice. Very like, no, th- this is what I'm gonna do to you right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's not how he operates. We kind of know. No, no, no care, madness. Just, just very sincerely having fun on the computer. Yes, good times. That was, that was fun. Yeah, 
And you know what? I have to, I have to say, I, I do appreciate. I do appreciate that a lot of the fans on RBNY Twitter are not falling for for the trap of kind of just like falling into the shell when he posts the stupid gifts that him celebrating a cup. It's like, okay, and like I appreciate the the, the level of just complete not giving a fuck about that that uh, the majority of, yeah. of RBNY Twitter has has shown. I mean, I've Britt uh, said this on 202, and Britt may or may not be going to Ireland. There, there was a recent passport kerfuffle. Um, but uh, he said, you know, yeah, who cares if you won the cup? Nobody cares that you won the cup. But yeah. Legitimately, I, though, no one, no one your cares. Daddy? Where's still your daddy? <laughs> right. Not even I've, not seen it. I've not seen a single Colorado Rapids fan rub it in anyone's face that they won a cup because nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, so- a, and that's probably the funniest part. It's like, okay, cool, you won a cup. But like the point of being a big club and a big team is not just winning at once, it's consistently being good and consistently winning. Like something. You know, that that's why I feel like we have a right to rub it in about winning the shields. We had a really good run at that point. They they won something once and and in the most bullshit possible way. And no one fucking cares, like, at all. I, I don't know, man. Like, you, you kind of don't have really a right to rub it in too much. You're, you're at this point. You're, you're just Colorado. Like, not, not even the city they claim to represent cared. I mean, they just had a really um, lackluster party. Right. Yeah, the ceremony is really the the what takes the cake for me in the whole like city MLS Cup thing. It's just like, oh, they had like twenty dudes in city hall, like. <laughs> It looked like a funeral. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, for, for for any, like, RBNY fan who was, like, jealous of them winning a cup and imagining what would have happened had we won a cup instead, that's exactly what you would have gotten. You would not have been on the front page of the New York Times. You would yeah. not have a ticker tape parade. Like, we, like, you saw what happened, but fortunately for you, it wasn't you being embarrassed by it. Yeah, right. you know, honestly, I, I, I'm almost willing to, to say that it's... in. For people who care about that useless shit, it's actually better that they want it first. Because if we want it first and that happened, you know people would be saying, even our own fans, oh, if this was us, we'd have this whole big blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, they man, want I'm it. Sorry, but Nothing of- happened and no <laughs> one gave a shit. Yeah, I don't know about that. We're going to celebrate ours through the streets of Newark. Mayor Ross Baraka will, uh, will lead the way. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Are you? Do you not? They, they just had the wrong timing of mayor. Not that Eric Adams is in, bro. We're <laughs> having the biggest block party once we win the most. Cup. I was Are you kidding say, me? You know, like if we ever win the cup, uh, unfortunately, and uh, unfortunately, like this is never going to happen now. But uh, we should have invited Tony Siracusa to be the guest of honor. But unfortunately, we lost a good one over the weekend, folks. Uh, I a real one. Possible, possible Red Bulls fan. We never quite found out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll never know. Now we'll never know, yeah. We can't prove that he wasn't. Exactly. Yeah, if, if, if Anthony Scaramucci is a Red Bulls fan, there's no reason, there's no reason why Goose can't be one. <laughs> I mean, the, the, reason, the reason he first entered the consciousness was because they posted those of like before the season when they you know renovated the arena. They posted those pics of the like wallpaper behind the benches where it had every single season ticket holder's name put into it, and fucking right there, Tony Siracusa <laughs> in the midst of it. So I don't know. I choose to believe. Yeah, you know, I mean, if there's anything I've learned about the internet, is that we can basically invent our own uh, 
headcanon if we so want. So basically all we need to do is take all of his photos and Photoshop like Red Bull memorabilia everywhere. And we can turn it <laughs> yes. into like we can turn it into um a thing, basically. Right, do you mean them. we should just we should just Photoshop Tony Siragusa into AJ Sopranos' bedroom is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we have to do. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes Tony either. Like that's I think it's just like nobody else wants them to win because they suck so much. There is and a collective hatred for we're them. We're talking about yeah. Siragusa, not NYCFC anymore. No, I'm trying to bring us back onto the, <laughs> onto the topic, topic here. I yeah. want to talk about Tony, bro. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think it's... like We have to dedicate a full episode for In Memoriam, I think. Okay, to, fair like, enough. Do it justice. Yeah, that's fair. Good point. Fair, Good point. Yeah. We should talk about them getting a dinner napkin. They get folded away and put it away for their uh, their MLS banner, their cut banner. Oh my god, that's that actually might be the best part. It's they it's, should have brought the banner. I mean, like it's like not big. They could have snuck it into one of their pockets too. It's not like they would have to check <laughs> it. Folded, yeah. yeah. They could put it hide in their hat. They brought bigger cool. banners to the away section than their. <laughs> I snuck in bigger banners in an RFK stadium than that fucking thing that they hang at Yankee Stadium, dude. Like. Uh, I'm gonna get roasted for this, but uh, the Save the Crew banner I brought to a DC away 2017. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it was a different time. It's okay. Yeah, those were all. Those are also like two different banners together, too, right? It was three. It was three. It was yeah, three, yeah. Yeah. it was three. Yeah, people help me smuggle it in. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> smuggle in uh, inverted words because like, what are they gonna do? Like, take away a piece of paper and they just tear it up. Like, we should do that at Yankee Stadium. Oh, uh, what? Save the Crew. I, 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 I <laughs> kicked out of Yankee Stadium for the rest of my life for a banner. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it already happened. They took away the BLM flag that Danny Kane had that one year. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Supremely yeah. fucked. I ain't gonna lie. Like, <laughs> again, God. again, the most fucked vibes, right? Like, the Bunch worst. Of fucking cops. Jesus the, Christ. The easiest to well, I was gonna say about the city hall tournament. It's like, oh, yeah, they look like they're used to being there because it's just like, oh, this is what happens when the cop dies. Like, we just do. Like, if you just run down the list of everything that involves this team, it's just fucked thing after fucked thing. Fans, media. Uh, uh, the chicken bucket eating contest. I was going to say, I don't know yeah, about you guys. I'm looking, I'm looking forward. Yeah. I, someone should film that and use that <laughs> to our credit. Like, it's going to be a bunch of City fans doing a chicken eating contest in the middle of a soccer game. I think I've had um, said chicken bucket at a Yankees game because, like, I got hungry once, and I gotta say it's, it's a deal. Good. Listen, yeah, who's deal. Among, oh, yeah. Who's among us? But if you buy it with a Mastercard, you get a free liter of Pepsi. What beats that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what chicken's really, really good. John B, the spicy. It's so fucking good. Actually, I, I actually didn't like it. I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, really? Oh my god, it's so good. At least it went by me. The, the the tenders I just found the tenders kind of dry personally. Uh, no, I I just uh, every time I've gone there I literally just get a bucket of chicken and that like that's it. Oh no, I I have not tried I've tried that in like the rice and that's it. I had raisin uh, this is a... once and I have like uh, it changed my outlook in chicken tenders forever. So I kind of Lens, you can move back to New York now. I know I can like I I hear I hear that it's open but I I I I don't know like it's very far is all I'm gonna say. But like I, Suppose it's further than the Midwest wants to you. <laughs> the West Coast is the closest <laughs> to me now, fellas. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, more more on the West Coast in a little bit, I will say. Because uh, I think we got a... 
we got to start segueing here, folks. So I think uh, let's just go around the table. I guess um, do a quick one. Uh, we do a stock check on this episode. So I guess we just issue stock ups and stock downs to uh, players that kind of caught your eye and uh, stock downs to players that are people that I think uh, didn't. So, uh, but I think uh, generally we can all agree like, off a spate of results like this. I think the whole team collectively deserves to stock up. And the only stock down we should issue should probably be issued to the entirety of City Football Group. Are we all yes. in agreement? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Second. I, I, yeah, I'm in accord. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to give a, a special stock up to Steven Serwata, though, because that pass was sick. Yeah. I got that you. was a pretty good pass. He oh, was, yeah. He, he wasn't in for long, but he was good, man. He, he was solid. He did it twice. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was the most impressive thing, right? It's the vision uh, and the composure on the ball, that, despite his young age, right? And always finding. I'm glad hard. that we hold the future of Yukata. Yeah, and, and not and not just young age. I feel like one of the like a lot of the players you know, coming up from USL always always mention, always bring up is the difference in speed of play, especially for how this team plays. And he just didn't look phased. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. It was the last time I saw. A player come directly out from USL from the uh, from, uh, from uh, the Rebel Two team up to the first team against another MLS side and just look so like just up to speed. He looked calm. He looked collective. He never looked fra- you know phased at any point. You know he, he was pressured a couple <laughs> times and he just kind of just went with the flow. He didn't look slow at any point. Like he looked he looked like he fit in. You know he, he looked he looked like he's played with the team before. No, yeah, maybe no. not since like Tyler Adams, especially in that position. Well, I, I think yeah, uh, that's a good shot. Yeah, say like when we first reviewed his tape, right when he was sort of like still a rumor being thrown around. Uh, when uh, I think uh, May twenty twenty one, that you could kind of see like uh, that there were similarities in the way in the style of play, right? The pressures, the amount of ground he was able to cover. The only problem was that he looked a bit light, I guess. But I mean, like you'd kind of expect that sometimes from players who are like literally five foot three and like eighteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even then, he made up for it with like the way that he he went back at, at whoever he lost the ball against. Yeah, exactly, whatever. exactly, right. And, you know, like- I'll add John Tolkien to the list of players who looked uh, really natural uh, in his first MLS game. Yeah, mm. like, like like that's the deal, you know. I mean, like in soccer, yeah, it's not always yeah, about physique. It's not always about biggest dude immediately becomes the best defender and all that stuff, right? Because there's such a thing called positioning and there's such a thing called timing of tackles that can basically make up for that kind of stuff, right? And I think uh, just basically, I think personally, I kind of agree that based on what we've seen so far, I mean, like this is definitely a guy who can grow in that role, right? I mean, uh, it's very impressive what he can do. Uh, the pressures, winning the ball back, and the release, I think, playing the ball through midfield. Like he's already kind of flashed a couple of really good passes into the right-hand channel. I think yeah. one to Cameron Harper and the other to Patrick Clamalo, which almost resulted in goal number four, right, towards the end of the stoppage time. So I thought mm-hmm. that was good to see. I mean, I like to see that. Yeah. Uh, that, that, was, that was one of the more impressive, like, debuts from, like, a, uh, an RB2 player in a while. Yeah, I mean, shout-out to Ibrahim Sagaya. Shout-out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I also love how like the most engaged tweets on the team's account involves him. Yeah, because he, he every, is the, every fucking the tweet it's like three thousand likes, four thousand likes. That video of him just like getting the ball in the locker it had like fucking like eighty thousand views or sixty thousand views or some shit as of like this morning. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I think yeah, but you have to realize all of those are from the AMSOC version of Ugandan posters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think that the vibes are decisively more um, wholesome. Less, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, sure. obviously, yeah. But and plus, one of the one of the more recent iterations of GeoChat was about how deceptively large Uganda's population is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it yeah, lot, it's lot, like 40, 50 mil or something. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot of people. That's like on par with yeah. uh, Japan, actually. I yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's... Oh, Ben, Ben, did you see him? Like, uh, like, did you like stand next to him? How tall is he really? He's pretty little. He is. Okay. <laughs> he's 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 pretty little, but also uh, to go on the other end of the spectrum, uh, I happened to walk past Tom Edwards in the tunnel post game while doing press conferences and stuff and uh he's he's been listed like everywhere from like five eight to five eleven he's six feet tall at least really um i mean like you know around around six feet tall he's not he's i'm i'm like five nine five ten he's he's six feet tall i was gonna say that's reassuring because i feel like it was noticeable against city because of the way that we were quite winning second balls in the first half that we don't have a lot of talls on the team, especially if Fletcher's one is going to f- finish up. Um, and I would, I would like more talls as a tall. Well, basically, what we need to do is sign Julio Furch. <laughs> we, we already did that like five times in the past three years. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but sign the actual Julio Furch is what I'm trying to say. Long overdue. Long so overdue. Yes. Like Davies, one of those. Like we bring Club up legend Julio Furch. <laughs> <laughs> never the biggest play. legend to never play. <laughs> never play a single minute. <laughs> but we all honor him the same. Uh, I'm going to talk about Furch so much that when Mia's like 20, she's going to like actually think that he played for us, and one day she's going to find out he did it, and she's going to be so fucking confused. Like, There's so many people who are like you liar. <laughs> No idea what frame of reference we're talking about with Furch, and sometimes we just say Furch. The next time we have like one of those like people in RBNY, uh, like we come across on Twitter who are like, "Oh, which MLS team I should support?" and they end up choosing RBNY, I'm going to induct them into the club lore, saying that the '99 is retired in the bleachers because of uh, Julio Furch. In honor of Julio Furch, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest player to play for this team or top goal scorer or uh... <laughs> open your third eye RBNY fan base like, I, I, I love this appearance on Lord of the Mics you know when he uh... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's BWP appropriation you can't just be doing that I have to I have to say it's been really 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 awesome seeing him like with the team again yeah that video the way bro. the way all that shit ended was just so disgusting yeah, and just left such a foul taste in my mouth for years for someone who is at least in my opinion the the biggest and, and, and best player to ever play for this team. The way the way his tenure ended was just it was disgusting. So yeah. it, it's good to see him with like a real role in the team and having fun and and actually being a part of the claw. Like this is you know, uh, this is how he should be, you know, kind of remembered. You know, that being yeah, Morgan in, getting tapped up. Yeah, and that, that was like awesome. he definitely earned the job he was given because I would love to have BWP's job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's doing scouting stuff too, right? I forgot that he's actually doing. Think, yep. stuff. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess on the topic of that, I mean, it does kind of sound, I think we touched upon this in the last episode, but now with the new sporting director and uh, no, not the new sport. Oh, yeah, we got a new sporting director. Sorry, the new head of sport. Uh, oh, head of sport, yeah. Uh, Jochen Schneider and the uh, leagues that he's recruiting from, right? I mean, it seems to be a much wider Rolodex than I think previously anticipated, which could be taken a bunch of ways. Um, I know that Kevin Thelwell like to scout pretty heavily from England and the lower leagues, right, in Europe. But, you know, I think mm. a BWP there is like a, you know, added lower league resources potentially something to look at in addition to like the fact Jochen Schneider seems to draw from a pretty wide variety of leagues around the world right so yeah I mean it's gonna be interesting like I think this transfer window this upcoming transfer window and uh, the winter one right after that right gonna be a pretty intriguing one just to see like where potentially like they might be looking you know uh, I guess um, where was he Schalke yeah we don't Schalke, say that word on this podcast <laughs> well, I, I was, I was gonna say that um, you know, like there is a little uh, red flag here for me is that he yeah. did sign Mark Schakowsky. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. See, like, so you have to understand. You have to understand. He he worked for Schalke and then they immediately got relegated. So it's like, well, yeah, it's, uh, he, was, he was with he was with Red Bull for years before that. He was. Uh, he was a uh, Ralph Ragnick colleague at Stuttgart in the 90s. Yeah. And then got brought into the orbit at Red Bull. Uh, he was, I think he was officially or technically, whatever you want to say, the RB Leipzig, you know, sporting director, GM guy for a few seasons. And then, yeah, moved on to Schalke. So, because uh, okay. um, was like head of international recruitment or something. Yeah. And then he, he, had, he had one, yeah, he had one thing that was kind of at the general kind of Red Bull soccer office like that, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up my, uh, like, intergenerational Mark Tchaikovsky trauma. All right, Peaches, I'm going to have to ask you to stand up <laughs> and in the corner and touch your nose for the next five minutes for bringing up Schalke and then Mark Tchaikovsky and this fucking podcast. You, you guys can't see the screen, but uh, Len just gave, uh, he just he just docked Peaches like two points, like in part in the interruption. <laughs> 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 he smashed the fucking mute button. That's a, that's a 200 DKP minus, dude. Like, how could you? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Peach. Uh, don't actually step up and uh, go step your nose in the corner. <laughs> oh, damn. He actually, I, I think he actually wanted to do it because <laughs> his line's gone flat. He just. <laughs> 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 I'm He's sorry. like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna go play with Luna. I'm sorry, Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good bit. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it would be much better visually because I was just making a very tight face all the time, that's why we're muted. <laughs> <laughs> seeing seeing your audio level literally flatline, I think was better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something for the people in the room and a special only for us. Um, so um, I guess, uh, yeah, natural segue, I guess, uh, having Nada Peaches is out of timeout, is uh, we have a game this weekend against LAFC. Steve Churn blows oh, yeah. Los Angeles Football Club. That is a very interesting thing for me to say out loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Churn Dolo, I think, like, uh, I think everybody kind of uh, respects him and everybody kind of uh, accepts that he is a bona fide, like, uh, AMSOC legend quote-unquote, but mm. for some reason has still kind of flown under the radar for some reason. I don't know why, but um, yeah. But As has, like, LAFC's season, too, kind of, in a way, I feel like. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, secretly, this is a team at the top of the West, man. I mean, like, uh, they are... Top of the actually, Shield standings. They are literally leading the Supporter Shield... Uh, Six-pointer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 15 games played, 30 points. Uh, nine wins, three draws, three losses. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a team that just seems to be churning out some pretty good results. So, uh, needless to say, I think we got a work cut out for us. Um we will be in California for this away trip, so um, that is going to be a. I mean, this is a supporter shield six pointer, right, ladies and gents? And these are the ones that you really get up for. Uh, one of the things I will lament is obviously all the points at home that we dropped earlier this year, because I cannot help but shake the feeling that we should be a lot higher in the supporter shield running. Don't worry, yeah. man. Second half of the season, all those points we dropped at home, we're going to drop away. <laughs> God damn it, Peach. Well, it's already kind of... We're going to win all of them at home. Yeah. <laughs> Peaches, am I going to have to bring out the spray bottle? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I, I get crucified for my beliefs here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm literally like spraying water at like my laptop screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're soon about to see lenses drop from the from the call. Yeah, <laughs> it's like guys, guys, my laptop, my, my battery's fried. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, to be honest with you guys, um, ever since I moved back home, and I think you guys would probably understand that it's been a bit hard to uh, follow uh, the happenings and goings on of the across the league. Um, big LAFC news, of course, is that they signed a guy called Giorgio. His name is Giovanni Giorgio, but you can call. <laughs> Giorgio. Giorgio. <laughs> oh, man, the, the, yeah. that synth just like hit my brain in like the best way possible. Have you seen have you seen his picture on a uh, Google? Like he's got like the whitest face I've ever seen, dude. Like <laughs> Cellini? Yeah, Cellini, yeah. His lips are like almost touching his ears, like seriously. Whoa. <laughs> he's not is he did they even officially sign him yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, uh, they'll okay, because I just remembered like they had a teaser and you like there was replied a tease to tweet. the teaser. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they finally announced it though. Okay. Yeah, because uh, there were a bunch of uh, there were a bunch Wait, of. Wait, did they have they announced Insignia? I feel like I, we've asked this. I've asked. This yeah, before. he he Toronto. showed up in Toronto today. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. That's sort of like the big news coming out from. I don't know if he'll be ready in time for to play us, though. I will say so. Uh, I don't think he will be. They just know that they signed him on a pre-contract, and it'll come over when the window opens. I want to say so. That's sort of like the mm. big thing coming out for them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, Giorgio, Chia not Giorgio Chiellini, Steve Cherandolo's LAFC. Um, I personally am not really sure how much it differs from how they were setting up under Bob Bradley. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, has anybody seen enough of LAFC this year to really have a uh, opinion one way or another? On a, no. Lens, when you said it was hard to follow the league when you moved back home, I was just going to say it's hard to follow the league from here, too. So, yeah. <laughs> so I guess we, none of us really have anything. Like, I okay, no, go ahead. There's, yeah, there's like, you catch like bits and pieces. I got catch bits and pieces of it, and it's just, I don't know. There's, I have no. Like ref, like I, I can't give you anything. Okay, <laughs> I mean, this is part of the problem with MLS media too, right? This is the the supporter shield leading team who, who are like the the single points leader this part of the season. We don't know anything about them. Yeah, but we know about 
Paxton probably call it. Uh, yeah, Charlotte. Uh, uh, there, was a, there was a point where, like, I guess they were trying really, really hard for uh, to make Nashville a thing. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Charlotte stumbled out the gate, so they couldn't really get the whole expansion team, uh, you know, hype going. Uh, but they seem to have been doing better ever since they uh, fired uh, not Pep Guardiola. So um, <laughs> I, your mileage will vary on that one. So I guess uh, basically we're going to have to do the same thing that we do every time MetroFan TV tries to preview an opponent. And due to our lack of knowledge, we're just going to talk, say nice things about California, I suppose. Uh, they have a player on their team named Danny Trejo. <laughs> here's, here's a simple question: are, are they still kind of like a bit of a high tempo, kind of a pressing team like they were before, or like, are, are, do they do they kind of change that up a little bit? I, I Every like team in the world is now a high pressing, high tempo team, though you know, even like Man City. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, but like LAFC for the last like two years were. I think, like, like really, like, just below us as far as, like, the level of pressing right. and... Pressing aggressiveness, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, it was... They were known as... Not I want to go as far as to say as a West Coast RBNY, but they were, they were like, the West Coast's, you know, like, aggressive, quick-playing, pressing team. I don't know if that's still the case this year, and the fact they that... Played, they, they play more, like, kind of on-the-ground passing when they do get the ball, at mm-hmm. least under Bradley. Okay. So, at least under Bradley, but like I said, like we're saying, I... I I don't know enough about them this year to say if any of that's changed. I mean, it seems like their results have changed enough you where you would think yeah. there's been some little tweaks, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're pressing is, you know, you have teams that, that will aggressively press, but just so they can regain possession and hold on to possession, which is why I've always said the biggest difference between, you know, Red Bull soccer and, and, and other pressing soccer is always been not just suppressing the aggressiveness of that, but how quick and aggressive their transition is and how quickly they play towards goal. You know, so if LAFC is the type of team that where they're still pressing, but they kind of just want to hold on to, to the ball afterwards. I mean, that, that's something that definitely uh, falls into our favor. So I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, we don't really know. It sounds like collectively, we don't really know too much about it. So yeah. uh, let's all go around the room and say it's a different one league. One yeah. Yeah. <laughs> California, and I'm going to say that um, California will one day have high speed rail. That's a positive thing. Uh, I like he- I like Eagles. Their song in the city really gets me gets me going in the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. I would love to go to LA. It's it's okay. Kind of. It's I, okay. I, like it. I, I was there for the first time last year, and it was. It was way more enjoyable than I expected. I thought it would. It was. I mean, it's I, nice to visit. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I'd live there, but it's way less of like like a car infested hellhole, at least in certain places than than. Right. The the crazy. problem with LA isn't the city itself; it's the people and the lifestyle and the culture and everything else. So things yeah, I can see that. I get the sense that if you're in the part of the city that's covered by like the subway loop, it's actually a lot more, uh, you know, navigable than having to like say if you're like in one of the outlying bedroom communities, having to drive in to like the downtown core or something. That'd be a giant. Pain yeah. Pass. Right. They're building that bridge in LA, the like pedestrian bridge, right? Connecting Honor. what? Yeah, connecting what to what? 
I'm just like kind of going through the city. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm on the bridge. Giant Pulaski, a pedestrian Pulaski Skyway. That's actually kind of interesting. No, well, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, <laughs> it kinda, like goes through the city. It's kind of like if the High Line went, went through like a larger, I think, more important part of the city. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. okay. Well, I mean, LA has been dead to me ever since uh, the Staples Center became, uh, you know, the, the sponsor that we shall not name on this show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Do they still have enough money to afford that name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's like a tweet, right? Uh, it's like a zero cash flow, zero assets, uh, $750 billion on uh, advertising. Can someone help me budget this? Like, Can someone help me budget it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny because Socios, you know, the MLS thing, uh, funnily enough, switch from Socios with an S to a C as a cent sign. So. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I guess as someone who, like, just was unfortunate, you know, kind of growing up, but I really didn't get to, like, travel, travel at all pretty much my entire, like, youth life. L.A. has always been almost like the, you know, they're kind of like the West Coast version of New York, so it's always been, like, really intriguing to see, you know, what the fuck is out over there. And, you know, now that I'm older and I've had a little more exposure to, to – I guess people who have actually been there and have real experiences and stuff. It's still it's still pretty interesting. I know it seems like a like a cool little uh, cool little place. A friend of mine just came back from there for the first time, and he's like, "If you go there for ten days, it's perfect. Just spend yeah. seven days in LA, and then the next three just like traveling north, like away from everything." Or are you in South? It's fun stuff South too. But um, yeah, I think LA is. We should visit for the next away uh, LA game. When yeah, I almost went for the, for this trip. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it, just like it, it was too close to our camping trip for me to justify. <laughs> I definitely. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. The, the the fact starting next year, the the schedule change is going to be massive, massive, massive. I feel like it was not talked about enough on different media outlets and news outlets about how the schedule going forward is going to be like pretty much set in, mostly set in stone. Weekends, weekends, and Wednesdays. That is going to make Saturdays, away games. Yes, yeah, Saturdays. Yeah, Saturdays yeah. specifically. That's going to make away games so much fucking easier to plan. So much easier to plan. If it's a West yeah. Coast game, you can go. You know, obviously, assuming you have the financial resources to do it. But scheduling wise, you can't fucking get better. A Saturday night away game all the time, or a Wednesday night. Forget Wednesdays, but if it's a weekend game, a Saturday night away game, all the time, like that, that's fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, that's good for me as well, because I guess uh, I'm, I'm going to drop this scoop right here on episode 69, because I have been saying this for a few years now, but I do want to make one of those West Coast away trips. And I think uh, next year is probably going to be the year that I actually go and do it. So Sick. I think the switch to the Saturday uh, schedule like definitely makes it a lot more conducive. I've never been to California. I'm gonna be, yeah, I was just saying, I'm going to be kind of mad if it ends up being uh, like in the way like at Cascadia or something again because I've been to Seattle now. I think like so yeah, many times. like dude, I've been to Seattle as well. So it's like kind of like can we just look away from like the Pacific Northwest for a bit? Like, please let your boy go to California. <laughs> but Seattle, like, Portland was the best trip. Oh, that was a great trip, but I've also just never been to the Bay Area, and I would love to go. <laughs> yeah, so I went for San. I went for San Jose this season, and that was that. The Nor- NorCal's NorCal was cool. I like NorCal. Yeah, I mean the vibes. Just, <laughs> I gotta say, I mean the vibes seem immaculate. So yeah, yeah when are we gonna get an Alaska in the MLS team? When are we really gonna get <laughs> the, the whole country here? Our league. Oh, uh, speaking of away trips too. 
you know, we, we need that, like, all 20 Premier League clubs agree to keep away trip tickets the same price for the next three years thing. We need that in MLS, but it should be yeah. easier in MLS because we're single entity. I don't get it. I'm mad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really fucking stupid. I mean, I've not been lucky enough to go to really any away games. But it's like, what, 70 bucks for Austin? Yeah, like, 70 for Austin. That's just fucking stupid, man. Even, like, Portland the year, even Portland the year we went was like, I think it was like 55 bucks, I think, for the ticket. It was oh, crazy. That's so fucking stupid. For a non-soccer stadium. I'm, a, I'm actually surprised. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I was going to say, I'm almost surprised that it's not a bigger issue, but I mean... It could very well be a bigger issue behind the scenes. I think the supporters club should issue. make it a bigger issue. I'm, or like you know, like the, it would be better for the league if away sections were filled. Like, is part of this not to like facilitate travel and stuff like that too? You know, like yeah. Look, if you're trying to capture that demographic, you you gotta you gotta you gotta hone in a little bit more on these away trips. You really do. I mean, yeah, that's what made me like uh, like a deep fan, right? Is like going on away trips. Yeah, yeah. My my first real away trip was Columbus, which was oh, that's uh, a commitment. Twenty fifteen Columbus. I, I, I know the story comes that was up like every time we talk about the Columbus away trip. But the most memorable thing having done this away trip was having Pat Claude like pass out in the back of Steve's SUV. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was wonderful. Ohio. and and and. Honestly, that trip is really, really, really what like kind of changed my perspective on stuff. Because I mean, we lost in the most depressing fashion, or not with the most, but a very depressing fashion. But it was still honestly like one of the most amazing just trips of any kind that I've ever done. It was so much fucking fun, you know. And and yeah, you, you you would you, again you would think that it's a league targeting specifically this generation and younger generations. They would really, really drive in a little bit more of, of this, you know, the supporters' culture and and not the weirdo part of it, but just you know the camaraderie and the, the friendships and all that shit and the away trips. That's that's very unique uh, uh, to this sport. And again, I don't know. It's just weird that they kind of don't focus a little bit more on that. Yeah, our Seattle Portland. It's, it's something as simple as just like straight pricing for away fans, regardless. Of it. That's such an easy fucking thing to do. Mm-hmm. Easy thing to do, and and it's shocking that they haven't done it yet. Because you can't yeah. make people go, but you can make it easy for them to choose to go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Our uh, our Portland Seattle trip was definitely one of the most fun vacations I've had. Just like I think with friends. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I definitely like, would have uh, preferred to do that trip than like uh, I don't know Matt Free Stadium, honestly. <laughs> Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, my kind of gateway weird. away trip was I think a DC bus trip, and then I was like, oh yeah, you know, they're like a couple of dudes who like I really vibe yeah. with, and then like you guys, obviously. So some of us were talking about doing Columbus, right? Like the new Columbus, new stadium, new stadium uh, to to go to Columbus whenever we play them away this year. Oh, maybe. All right. yeah. Maybe. Do, do we go to Nashville this year, or is that still going to no. be like... No, 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 because we went we, last the year. Only, the oh, only, that's right, that's right. The only possibility of us playing them is, I guess, an Open Cup now. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. Then, so you should come to Minnesota when, we, when I finally have it. Actually, that's when it finally happens. That, that that's why I meant. Sorry, Minnesota, not Nashville, Minnesota. That does remind me, though, that our path to the U.S. Open Cup is going to be mostly away unless we host... Uh, the uh, final Sacramento, right? I think is the only team. Yeah. So yeah, we finished yeah. third. Vamos sack. Open Cup. Uh, it's uh, SKC and who? SKC, SKC and, and Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento Republic. Oh, Sacramento. Yeah. And, and they're playing in Sacramento. Yeah. 
Yes. Although I got to yeah. say, it's reminiscent of the 2017 run, right? Away to Cincinnati and then away to Kansas City, like for the final. So, you know, I mean, uh, I really, I would ra- I prefer not to go back to Kansas City. Uh, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> like, Kansas City like. sucks this year. Yeah. That's so, yeah. true. Sure. I, I'm, I'm going to have to make a real. It would be nice to, uh, to, to write that wrong. I would like to host a cup final. Me though. too. Me so, yeah. you know, let's go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I hate the out, idea of like. I like to point I, out that the only cup final we've ever hosted, we've won, and USL, right? So. And I wasn't there because our bus broke down in fucking Philly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this I, I, I would. I hate the whole like fans deserve stuff, but like. Man, we really, 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 really could use a fucking a home final for once. Like that, that would be really fucking amazing if we actually yeah. got one. Well, I mean, we'll just do it after we get the supporter shield this year and when then host MLS Cup final too. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, let's start with this weekend, I guess, with this supporter shield six pointer, and then let's see where we go from there. Uh, okay, I think right on at the episode, we do have a really fun question that I think everybody can participate in. This one coming from Colin Rosen. Thank you, Colin, for the question. Your top 69 rumored but never actually happened RBNY silly season signings. And this is the um, territory of esteemed names like Alexandru Yonitsa. This would be the Florentinases of the world. Uh, <laughs> I have a good one for this. I have a very good one for this. Yeah, go ahead. Please, please start. Uh, my number one is uh, James McLean. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's a big what if in our in our history, you know. Oh man! Imagine if we Were had Daniel. Where like, the poppies in MLS? I don't know. Yes, it's like Irish Irish Daniel Roy. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is I, uh, mine is Omar Bogle, which was <laughs> I believe I believe is still the most clicked once a metro article of 2021. Wow! Uh, oh. The the rumor that seems to have only existed in a football manager forum, but hey, <laughs> you, take them, you take them where you find them. What about Ivan Tony? Wasn't that one like a confirmed one? Like a confirmed rumor? Like they Oh, yeah, we, we yeah. did for him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way he's blown up since, right? I mean, uh, man, I mean, uh, that, yeah. that, that would have been a hell of a signing. I ain't gonna lie. He had, he had a fifty. He had a fifteen goal season in, in the Premier League, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But, yeah, but, yeah. but really, yeah. now that he's been I mean, brought up, I kind of want to have a check on where Omar Bogle is right now because like, <laughs> he is. I actually have his Wikipedia pulled up right yeah, now. He, he for, exactly. This is just an episode of two hundred two. This is what we do on two hundred two. <laughs> he plays for Hartlepool, having moved from Doncaster. So wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have wow. never heard of Hartlepool. <laughs> Hartley Pool. It's by Newcastle. Yeah. It's, uh, Hartle Pool are a long time, like, lower league, like, legend. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, here's a sentence I'm actually going to read out loud. And this is going to be for all the uh, lower league heads. Following the sacking of Wellens in December, Bogle returned to first team duties following the appointment of Gary McSheffrey as his replacement. <laughs> Damn. Gary McSheffrey is a manager now. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Wow. 
this is some deep lore here. I mean, like, uh, yeah, the entire <laughs> second half of this episode is going to be dedicated to tracing the career of Omar Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is the deep investigative series on what's yeah, so, following. I, I, I might have to hop like uh two uh, like, I might have to hop on a return leg on two oh two where we do deep dives in this during the off season. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like <laughs> look it, you know, it give us um, more media to also binge in one night to talk to you about and you can also do that. Yeah. So in preparation for the question, I I went to the the Angel Fire site that is metrofanatic.com and I yes. I dropped it I dropped into archive <laughs> I dropped it into archive.org and some of the names that are in the rumor mill for like the past few years are wild like uh, Nest uh, uh, well you can't forget Pusetto of course Nacho oh, yeah, Pusetto yes. Nacho Pusetto remember Pusetto watch oh my god yeah Alex Alex Didn't one of you perverts try and say that he was signing because Kaku was at South Station in Boston or some shit? We all did that. Now hold on a second. That was all of us. We were all cross-referencing photos of the metro station in Boston. Yeah, to, to be like, oh, this bench is clearly from Boston. And exactly. Boston. <laughs> we're looking at fucking public transportation infrastructure. And, and, then, like, and, then, and then, like, the best part... Oh, Google AI on fucking park benches. It's like, actually, the track gauges here would actually be a little bit too wide, and it's like a, the city ordinances match. Yeah, but that wasn't enough for some people, because then apparently in the offseason, there was a whole, like, uh, deep dive on whether or not we were signing one of his friends from Huracan to RB2, like... Oh, yeah! Post, right? Like, what's his name? Manu Palon or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. We still have that pipeline going. Was that a Dennis Hamlet pipeline? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. The it was a fake it yeah, no, it man. wasn't a Hamlet pipeline. It was a what's his agent's name? What's I forgot the dude's name. Uh, uh, Pearson. Yeah, no. Pearson. That's the does the Pearson <laughs> pipeline. <laughs> that okay, guy I got real quick. I, I got to give because of IKEA, the IKEA The amount of work at my job that was completely fucking neglected. The amount of poor <laughs> bastards who had servers <laughs> on fucking fire because I was dicking around on Premiere, on like Adobe Premiere, <laughs> just making shit post videos. Unbelievable, man. I, 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 I just got to say that, like, I got to give uh, props to Scotty Pearson while we still can. Like, I'm going to give him his flowers <laughs> on his podcast for basically getting out of a transfer saga, but just not reading his email. <laughs> a hustle out of all hustles. Like that was a big baller move. I guess. Never forget when Mark Weatherford of Navix News confirmed that Kaku was coming. Mark Weatherford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was no, but he yeah. Put a Buenos Aires to confirm that rumor for us. Yeah, <laughs> he went yes, straight he there and took a picture. He flew there. He flew there on, only on the blockchain. He flew there on the blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> Little did he know how important Web3 would be to our lives. <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say, like, it's the, the biggest tragedy in human history that Navix News got lost to that huge communist hack of uh, 2018. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I can't believe the CIA sent Navix News dog to take down Navix News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CIA psyops don't hit like they used to, you know, it's just how it is. <laughs> Going after soccer journalists on the blockchain, man. I mean, I gotta say, that's that, that's kind of low, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I tell you what, Pearson is 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 a f he'll get he'll get the uh, the the credit for the first 
person to pull a player out of uh, out of MLS the way he did without any kind of repercussions whatsoever. What was the other guy? What was the guy from Orlando? Laren. Uh, yeah, Laren. Oh, Laren. oh, yeah. Laren. No, they, paid. they eventually paid. Uh, well, eventually. Okay. No, I mean, well, they did a settlement, I think. Oh, yeah, they haven't paid us. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Well, there's been no update whatsoever of anything about the whole lawsuit and all that shit. He got, well, he got away with nobody it. Nobody in international soccer wants to bring up like the legal precedent this might set for club options or something. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, this isn't a single handedly put world football on the <laughs> that's the thing though like other players have done this he's the first or uh, players and agents have done this he's the first one to actually like get away with it it just it completely died out like nothing nothing ever happened from it yeah i'm sure i'm sure like dietrich mataschitz who's poured plutonium and someone's he probably has no idea who the fuck <laughs> that's also is. true <laughs> He's too busy fucking worrying about uh, fucking AlphaTauri and, and and you know Max Verstappen and shit to deal with fucking some random Argentinian guy they paid six million dollars for. That that six million dollars that he spent on that transfer is like I don't know what a week's worth of development on a front wing. I mean, it's, it's, probably, it's not about the money; it's about the principle. I don't think he cares. A, I don't think he knows who he is. Dietrich Mateschitz is a man who does not want to be seen to be wrong. Obviously, which is why Jesse Marsh got fired, right? So. But <laughs> yeah, so LAFC is this weekend. We obviously all know nothing about this team. Do we have to? I'm still going, no, I'm going to. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still on the question. We're still on the question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Throw, throw up a couple names. Throw up a couple names. Uh, all right. So January 16th, 2016, Alan Polito was rumored oh, yeah. for us. Uh, oh, yeah. Carlos, Carlos Vela in 2015 as well. Wait, what? Uh, really? Yeah. Apparently, according to Metro Fanatic. So, all right. Take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Uh, but 2015 think, era was like real wavy because that was still plausible when we'd sign like some. Yeah. Some so, like this era, there's like these names that are just like, okay. Like, yeah. We were. People were trying to see that we assign big names still. The agents were trying to get some money. And nobody Mario knew Gomez. what the fuck was going to happen like after Petke got fired, right? Before we knew that right. that was a whole like, uh, yeah. you know, high-pressing thing that was coming down. And no one knew that Mike Grello would become what he was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mario Gomez, fucking Chicharito. Was <laughs> Mario Gomez. It's funny okay. how that made a full circle. D- David Villa is probably the most interesting one because that like he was legitimately on the team discovery re- list. <laughs> was he? If, if, if you remember that whole story, I mean, Wait, did he pay us to sign David Villa? No, worse. You don't. You guys don't remember that whole bullshit. So, the whole story with that was apparently we had him on a discovery list, and like last second, the league was like, make him an offer, and the team was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, give us five seconds to think about this, and the league said, nope, done, and they basically really? just gave him to sit to NYCFC. Back to the line. <laughs> Well, it's okay. We yeah, kind they, of touched they, a bullet with that one. Yeah, too, I was right? saying, yeah. we ended up uh, training up pretty well on that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But could you imagine if in like that weird in-between phase, Jesse was like, okay, fine, fuck it, just sign him. And he ended up like playing with us. Well, that would have been like, like 2014, right? That's like a weird divergent in the timeline. Yeah, yeah, that's really fucked up. That's a weird, weird multiverse that. there. I got to say. Kevin Prince Bro 10 was apparently rumored for us. Who? Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that rumor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking like, "Oh shit, that's like a type of dude that would like come in and, and like maybe do something." 
Around I mean, the same time that we said Mike Grella, Antonio Di Natale was also rumored for us. Yeah. From Who remembers the, the Ronaldinho rumors on his, obviously. Ronaldinho, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. To which Andy Rockberg was like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we were rumor, rumor for Daniel De Rossi and Steven Gerrard at the same time back in 2014. George Wea, we were once, <laughs> George Wea said, I want to play for the Metro Stars, and he's like, actually, psych. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. Ashley Cole, what the fuck? Some of these, what the hell? Xavi well, Alonso? A lot of these guys did end up signing with the league, funnily enough. So it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it does get overlooked that, uh, you know, I mean, everybody remembers Steven Gerrard in Los Angeles, but Ashley Cole was there as well. Which, no, it's uh, Lens, no, they Ashley don't. Cole. They do not remember Steven Gerrard <laughs> at, at LA yeah. Galaxy. <laughs> well, but I remember Steven Gerrard or at LA Galaxy 2. Wait, what, sorry? The, he was good for LA Galaxy 2. He was, was he was all right. I don't think he... Gerard or Ashley Cole? Ashley Cole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley was, was all right. I yeah, guess. he was pretty good for them for a while. He was okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Ashley Galaxy person. They, they, they actually pretty liked him a lot, I remember. Yeah, I thought he was garbage. <laughs> Gerard sucked. I think we can all agree. You just hate old people, Fernando. You're just projecting now that you're a father. <laughs> no, I think it's funny because I think Fernando's actually the oldest one out of all of us in the podcast today. So exactly. <laughs> I like to point this out. Like you're, I think you're the only one here that has kids, right? Oh, we have, yeah. we have two white guys. Spiritually, the oldest you know, is far. a four-legged boy yeah. and not an empanada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and my baby is a, a puppy still. So you know. yeah, there's a deal. Is that yeah. we only have two white guys on the podcast? Okay, like uh, Pat's not yeah. outnumbered for once, you know. So I guess he feels okay about that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the tables have turned. Yeah. Um, I'm still going oh, through these. 2015, we almost got what's his name? That Orlando guy. Did we almost get him at one point like before that? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah there like was a rumor for Kaka because we because we had his brother on the team. Brother. Yeah. 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 With Wayne Rooney. Didn't we have Wayne Rooney's brother on our yeah, team? Yeah, we did. John Rooney. Yeah, John Rooney. <laughs> Were we ever signed? league legend. We got the... Were we ever rumored for uh, what? Joe Cole? No, I don't think. So. No. I don't think so. We had Stephen Ireland. Steven Ireland. <laughs> this got like the wow. worst tattoo ever, dude. Like that fucking angel's wing shit. Like what the fuck, man? Seriously. Uh, Raul. Raul's rumor for us, and then he uh, went to to the Cosmos. Yeah. Okay, um, let's, uh, let's name a couple more, I guess, because we got there was there was there was a Venezuelan goalkeeper named Renny Vega who was in the Metro Fanatic like rumor mill for like a year <laughs> and it never happened. <laughs> Looking at the tab with him in it. <laughs> Is that like the, was that the Metrophonetic Wesley Schneider to Manchester United rumor back in the day? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Luca Tony. Uh, the last, the last name I'll I'll, I'll throw out because I feel like I, he should. We were rumored to sign Greg Berhalter. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> back in 2008, we almost got him from 1860 Munich. Greg. Wow. <laughs> so yes, you know. Yeah, well, that's a, that, that's a real trip. I don't know about you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put a bow on it by saying that my personal favorite rumor that never actually happened would be my one-man campaign to sign Keske Honda in 2017. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keske Honda. Keske Honda. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my, uh, my big push to sign Giroud after he left Chelsea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine was mine was Shinji Kagawa because he he would have gone back to Sarazo Osaka, who was also owned by Yanmar. Ah, uh, see threads the energy signing. Yeah. Oh, this is my time to say we should put a discovery claim in for Southern Min. I think uh, <laughs> Pikachu on Times Square. 
Oh yeah, Yago Pikachu. That's oh right. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Like I got so confused. It was legit. That, and then immediately I remember. <laughs> and it turned out he was just like literally just hanging out in Times Square. Yeah, because you see. That's the problem with being a New York team is that anytime someone just comes here, you're just like, oh, maybe. Yeah, it's maybe. Like, when, like, like when Messi decides to go to the Hard Rock Hotel in like Hollywood, Florida, and like fucking the entire country's like, oh, he's going to go to Inter Miami. It's like, he just wants to go to a trashy hotel. Yeah, yeah there's nothing right. to do in Florida besides, you know, not pay your taxes. Yeah, here's, <laughs> the here's the deal for me. Do you know about the Messi burger? Okay, no. Yes, but, I've okay. seen the ads for the Messi burger. Here's the deal when it comes to signings on Instagram is that if they're in Times Square, it's like probably like a tier four at best. But if they're like Andres Reyes in like the parking lot of like a Walmart somewhere in New Jersey, that's kind of like a <laughs> tier one. Uh, yeah. yeah, if they're at Garden State Plaza, it's a done deal. Yeah. If they're in Holmdel, New Jersey, you're just like, why? <laughs> yes, you're, you're definitely signing. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing here? Like, what's a Colombian lab going to be? And like, why is this guy at the Paramus Mall? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, no, stop eating the chicken teriyaki. You gotta be fit. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> with Japan. Is, it's too much, man. It's too, too salty. The macros are all off on this shit, so man. Your, your nutrition app that does not include this <laughs> restaurant. So we can all agree that Jersey strip malls are like tier zero, basically, right? For confirmed signings. I think we can all yes. agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Manchester United club photographer like tweeting out shit. So, right. If you see if you see them at a local like um, bar of their of their home country, then it's like a tier like a tier two like, source. Yeah. Chris, are you still a Metro fanatic? Uh, I close all the tabs, but I can quickly reopen them. Why? Because okay. it costs for, no flash space. <laughs> from one IT guy to another, are, are, is your SSL certificate still expired? Oh, is it still an insecure website? Is it it's not secure at all it's in 2022? <laughs> It's not secure. It doesn't have Jesus a certificate. Christ. <laughs> Guys. Well, I can't believe GeoCities is this old. Is, uh, is someone hosting this in their basement? I really do. I truly really, I really do. Could we DDoS the Metro Fanatic? I am, I am dead serious because like, pretty much every hosting site at this point makes it a requirement. I really think yeah. someone's hosting this on like a shitty Windows it's not, XP. It's, or yeah, it's definitely not at like a Bluehost or like a Network Solutions kind of thing. They def- it's definitely hosted on like a like a, a NAS in someone's it's, basement. Was not a Western by digital it. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> when Cloudflare went down, Metro Fanatic was not affected. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah, unfazed. It's, it's that when AWS goes down, the only thing that's left, like the cockroaches after the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I think that's a good note to end it on, gents. Uh, <laughs> nice. Well, the world is temporary, but Metro Fanatics uh, servers are eternal, and they will outlive cockroaches and planet Earth, I suppose. So, uh, one way or another, that's a nice uh, thought to leave you all with. So, yes, uh, Steve Charandolo's LAFC comes to visit. No, we go to visit Steve Charandolo. <laughs> Almost got tripped up. So in order, let's uh, thank everybody for their participation today, starting with uh, the local boys, uh, Juan and Fernando. Thank you guys for your time. You got it. Off the Perch Pod, Chris and Pat, thank you guys very much for uh, crossing the Forbidden Door for the first time. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, man. And Peaches and Cork, of course, always glad to have you guys on. Let's hope we make it three times uh, next time. Let's complete the uh, trifecta at some point. Yeah, um, I just uh, wanted to make sure to plug the um, 
podcast Super League Esports Tournament, where we'll be 1G1 each other and football manager on twitch.tv slash you from 202. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually yeah, happen. I, I know I kind of said that as a joke, but yeah, uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to give you gift you guys some subs the next time you're live streaming, I suppose. There you go. Yeah. We're not affiliates. You can't do that. Well, I'm going to make you guys affiliates one way or another, okay? Like, uh, okay. <laughs> trust me on this. Don't worry. Trust me, bro. Trust me, bro. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's it for uh, this uh, exciting crossover episode of MetroFan TV. Our 69th episode only comes around once, ladies and gents. So, nice. You. Yeah, so t- nice. surprise it took someone like an hour and 47 minutes to make that joke. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Also, I'd like to point out that, uh, you know, the J-League reference came at a 142 this episode. So, uh, before they got lost in the mire, just remember that. And, I wasn't uh, mentioned the Yokohama Mar- Mar- Marinos I've seen when we were talking about City, but I figured not to. Wait, you said 142. God damn it. Yeah, that was six minutes ago, but it's cool. We, we, don't re- we don't recognize Marinos unless it's Ange Postacoglu anyway, so uh, it's fine. Okay. No, my over-under bed was so off for your J-League Don't make me bring out the spray bottle, dude. <laughs> I got to close you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, have go talk to, I have to go talk to your bookies. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, uh, for old time's sake, folks, if you've made it this far, if you've listened to us babble for close to two hours at this point, just remember to tweet 69 Andrew Weeby. Matt Fan TV is saying good night. Have a good night. We'll see you in California uh, Sunday afternoon. We're going to play football. We're gonna play football, 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 all around the world. We're talking about football.